GM GM, and welcome to Tokenomics Episode 4. This is a very exciting episode because I have been abandoned by Anton and Mishka, and I'm here with our very first uh, guest interviews for the Tokenomics segment. So uh, today is, uh, I'm going to call it the What the Dow edition, and I am here with two very, very special guests. Uh, the first one I'd like to introduce is Mr. Andrew Green, who I've known for quite some time, uh, the CEO of the recently announced Strider. Welcome, Andrew. What's up, Ethan? How's it going? Very good. It's going great. And and uh, Andrew has brought a friend along, uh, a very special guest, and I'm going to have the two of them on in the future again to reverse the topic. But uh, Gabby Dizon from YGG, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, can you guys each take a minute and just uh, introduce yourselves? Sure. Um, you know, uh, as Andrew, I've been in games for like over 20 years, which is terrifying um, uh, from just an age perspective. <laughs> I, uh, I started in console uh, in, in like product management and digital marketing. I uh, worked on games like Dead Space. That was like a decade of my career. Um, went into free to play uh, at. E- oh, e- yep. Worked on a game called Dragon Age Legends. Don't forget. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I did work. That's where Andrew and I met. You're trying to write me off your resume. My Andrew. favorite thing yeah. about working on Dragon Age Legends is it was when I got a new role at EA in product management, and they put me in a new office, and my cubicle was beset on both sides by a toaster and a refrigerator. <laughs> and, and no one knew who I was, but every time they had to use the toaster or the refrigerator, they had to look at me, and everyone was super <laughs> awkward, and I and I would just, like, try to hide as much as I possibly could. It was hilarious. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, after Dragon Sorry. Age... <laughs> after the very important Dragon Age legend, yes. foundational... The foundation of my career. career. Of my career. I went to uh, Law Apps as a product manager, and then I went to... Um, to TinyCo, where I helped run the studio along with Suli Ali, and we made games like Family Guy, The Quest for Stuff, and uh, Harry Potter Hogwarts Mystery, um, and we um, sold the studio to Jam City, Netmarble. Um, I also founded Knock Knock, uh, which is an awesome company building um, frictionless um, worlds in the in the metaverse uh, and leveraging NFTs, um, and then joined Andreessen Horowitz um, as uh, to help kind of start the games practice there um, working with like uh andrew chen and john lai um and then um yeah i i I went to Stillfront for a bit um and fell down the the web3 rabbit hole and here i am (laughs) yeah that's that's how that's here we are down deep deep in the rabbit (laughs) hole um uh gabby uh i'm just meeting you for the first time today uh though i've read some articles and i know uh, a decent amount about you but can you please introduce yourself sure so my game experience is from the other side of the world i was part of the team that made the first game out of the philippines in 2003 so this is now 19 years ago which equally terrifies me um started making casual games uh for a company called boomzap and then 2014, I, I started a mobile game studio called Altitude Games out of Manila. So we were making casual idle games. Um, and 2017, started taking a look at Ethereum when we heard about the concept of smart contracts, which is like programmable money. And we were trying to figure out how to put programmable money in games 
when in late 2017 CryptoKitties came out and popularized the non-fungible token and yeah just fell down the rabbit hole then i've been deep in nft since 2018 and founded uh yield guild games in 2020 the best way to think about it is that it's like a world of warcraft guild with its own bank account <laughs> with a massive bank account do you know roughly how big the ygg treasury is right now that's over 100 million over 100 million that's nuts and what are some of the <laughs> Um, games that you guys, I mean, I, I think you're pretty famous for your uh, involvement in Axie. What are some of the other uh, crypto games that uh, YGG is playing or holding in? Sure. Uh, we have race cars in Formula One Delta Time. We have land estates in strategy game called League of Kingdoms. We have land in the sandbox. Um, and uh, yeah, just a lot of different assets and different games that people like to enjoy. Awesome. So the the reason we're here today is to talk about Andrew's new company, Strider. Uh, Strider has raised $3 million to enable creators to take control of their projects through blockchain-based decentralized autonomous organizations. Um, so I think that there's a lot there since our audience is, is mostly um, free-to-play devs with backgrounds similar to me, all three of us actually, and are kind of getting into the uh, blockchain space, I want to, here, here's how I'm going to uh, lead into us understanding what a DAO is. Or, um, actually, here, what is a DAO? Let's just start there, and maybe that'll take up the next four hours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, a DAO is, uh, a, as you said, a decentralized autonomous organization. Um, essentially, it's uh, instead of it being kind of like just an organization that exists IRL and via... Um, email and just formal documentation. There's also uh, kind of a permanent record of digital information uh, that's not managed by any central authority um, and basically is a, you know, you always hear kind of like the ledger of, of transactions, but these transactions don't have to be just monetary transactions. They can be, um, you know, work transactions or reputational transactions or, um, other ways of badging and providing access or leveling work within the organization. But um, everyone has a shared mission um, and uh, there there is leadership, but the leadership is not kind of, you know, where we're at what I would say currently in normal organizations, you kind of have installed leadership. And the reasoning for that leadership is usually like because that's the guy or because right. that's, the, that's the woman that you have to, right. you know, because that's, you know. Uh, and you're like, oh, but I don't respect that person, and they're not very smart. And they're like, no, but you are you projecting how your employees feel about <laughs> you? And <laughs> I, I, I would think so. I would think that's how they think about me. But um, but that but you know but yeah but but in a DAO, there, it's really like that. The um, the governance structures are really there for for the the folks that are within the governance to kind of. Uh, get things done for the workers so that they can just move projects and move work forward. And they don't actually have the authority to be like, you know, I don't like the way that that person looked at me and they kind of threatened me with their intelligence. So I'm going to make sure that they're unproductive <laughs> and they make less money. Like, so it's a bit right. more of an open structure. Um, and, and therefore, hence the decentralized part. And then you know, at Yield Guild, they're doing some really amazing stuff in decentralization in terms of how their organization, the organizational mission spreads, even geographically. 
Got it. So a, a, a DAO is a new type of corporate structure, right? I would um, say it's not even a company. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, a way it, of organizing people with shared ownership with the ownership stored in the blockchain. So the ownership can be in the form of tokens where people who own tokens kind of own a share of the DAO itself, or it could be in the form of something like NFTs. And the magic here is it's very easy to give people ownership. Like if I wanted you to be part of that DAO, you could either buy tokens and buy in, or maybe work for it, do some work with the DAO and get some tokens to be, to be part owner of it. Yeah, basically with like in one transaction. Got it. So it's it's almost. Is it right to say a DAO is like a co-op, and it is managed by rules that are enforced in code, and people's um, ability to make decisions is kind of determined by how much you know NFT or token, like what their holdings in the DAO is. I mean, I I know it's customized DAO to DAO, but I'm just trying to give like a very high level <laughs> picture. It's like. There's generally a bank account, mm -hmm. which we'll call a treasury, yep. and then yep. there might be tokens or NFTs that are not stock, but governance mechanisms, mm -hmm. and yep. then basically the group of people, based on how much government rights they have, help uh, approve or disapprove uses of the treasury. Mm -hmm. Get uh, to collectively whether... decide on what the DAO does. Yeah, that's right. Got it. So... Gabby, um, you know, I don't think everyone who's listening knows what YGG is. So I want to talk about the transition from corporation to DAO. But uh, and, and yep. I in the future, we're definitely doing a full guild episode and YGG episode. But could you just tell us a little bit more about, uh, you know, we said it's like a wow guild with a with a bank account attached to it. So <laughs> w what is YGG? Why did it form? How did sure. it form? So I, we call YGG a play to earn gaming guild. So we, uh, we gather assets in our treasury, like typically NFTs of different games where people can play it and earn some kind of yield or some kind of uh, basically, uh, assets that they can turn into money from the game. So games like Axie Infinity, where you can either earn SLP tokens that you can exchange for dollars or breed and sell Axies for, uh, for Ether. So we have assets in over 30 of those games. And crucially, we're able to lend out those assets to our player community. And in the Axie community, these are called scholars, the people who are uh, borrowing these assets to play and earn money. Um, in, in games like Axie. And uh, crucially, this is something that has enabled people to earn an income around the world, especially um, during the early part of the COVID lockdown where people were locked at home and uh, didn't have jobs and were looking to find a way to earn some extra income. Um, they were able to access the crypto economy because usually if you want to make money in crypto, you need to have some crypto to start with, buy mm -hmm. some Ether, buy some Bitcoin, and then maybe trade that for something else or hope right. the price goes up. For for a with, lot of people, it's just like anything. You have to be rich to get richer, right? That's yeah, kind yeah. of the entry point for most people. And what we do with uh, Play to Earn Gaming Guild is that we front the assets that produce yield 
Uh, we give it to players from around the world, many of them from developing countries like Philippines, Indonesia, India. They play these games. And then we basically do our, our revenue share on any tokens or assets earned by these players with, uh, in our case, 70% of that going to the player. And that's how they earned uh, during the pandemic. So, yeah, and there's a really great documentary. But before we started recording, uh, I was telling Gabby, it's been really important on my journey as a crypto game developer, but it's called Play to Earn. It's all about Axie Infinity and YGG. And if you're listening to this and you haven't watched it, please go spend 20 minutes. It's really, uh, really gives you a good perspective and was a big part of why I became kind of a blockchain game believer. Um, so just to make sure I understand it right, like when I started playing Axie, uh, I actually started playing because I saw Andrew tweet about it. And he's like, I just got three of these cute little dudes. Can't wait to play with, with them. And I think when I saw that tweet, they probably cost, I, I don't know how much you spent on it, Andrew, but it was it was a couple hundred dollars. Yeah, each, a couple hundred each, yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, eh, I don't know. And then a couple of weeks later, I bought four Axies for $1,600. And I looked at, I mean, that's a lot of money to me. Um, but I looked at it as a research cost, and then I used that to play Axie. Um, players in the guild probably don't have access to that much money, whereas or that much money to invest. Whereas uh, the Yield Guild Treasury has over a hundred million dollars of various assets, so they might buy up the Axies, and then someone who is part of the guild says, "I want to play Axie Infinity." so that I can earn tokens, Smooth Love t Potion and AXS. So they borrow those axes from you. Um, right. They play the game daily, and then they earn, They keep 70% of the Smooth Love Potion and AXS that they earn by playing. And Yield Guild Treasury gets 30%. We get 10%. The remaining 20% goes to the scholar manager or the right. community manager who organizes and trains uh, players. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah. So the treasury only gets 10%. You're actually creating right. from, from the NFT, you're creating two layers of, uh, of people who are getting value from it without putting yep. the original investment in. Um, cool. So that's, that's a really great overview of YGG. And if, if I'm remembering correctly, YGG started as a corporation and transitioned to a DAO. And I don't know if you currently, I know I read the white paper. I don't, uh, so correct me if I'm wrong, you either have a DAO with many sub DAOs or that's kind of the planned structure in the future. Um, but I'm curious what that transition from corporation to DAO was like what it mo what motivated it and and how it changed the nature of the guild okay so we actually uh started it day one as a DAO. like we did okay. we, we didn't have things like like voting and governance done in the first place but we didn't want it to be an equity based corporation because that would mean that only accredited investors would be able to invest in right. the DAO. and basically if it did well like the VCs would get rich, right? So yep. doing the token structure, we did take VC money at the start, but we apportioned. Did you take 45... VC money from Andrew at the start? 
<laughs> he wasn't a VC anymore by then, but we did take <laughs> okay. money from uh, Andreessen Horowitz. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, like if if you read our white paper, we actually apportioned a forty five percent or almost half of the token supply for people to earn by doing things that are helpful to the guild, whether you're playing as a scholar or being a community manager or researching new games or being part of our esports team so fully half of the ownership almost half of the ownership of token are going to go to the community that will be providing the value to to the guild mm -hmm. got it so maybe a, a use case that i bet has happened that would be a good example of how running a, a dao is different than running a, a corporation um I was part of the live ops on a game called Legendary Game of Heroes, and we great, great guilds game. were central. Thank you. Uh, uh, guilds are cent still are central to that, and there are a lot of guild leaders who put in a lot of work to make life better for their guild or make life better for the community overall. Um, so, for example, something guild leaders spend a lot of time doing is managing a debt, you know, helping figure out strategies to perform well in events. Right. And we at Network never said, hey, guild leader, you did a great job making a spreadsheet um, that helps all the other guild leaders run their guild in events. So here's some stock in the company. Right. That's something right. that never happens. But in, in a DAO structure, someone who's on that scholar manager level might say, here is my Google Sheets template for managing my scholars. And I spent hours making it. I use it every day. All my co-managers, here's a spreadsheet. Like, use it. It'll make your life more efficient. And the DAO might say, thank you so much. You made life better for everyone. Here is token that gives you governance right in the DAO. And you can use that token to help guide our future. You can sell it to other people and and uh, use it to pay your rent and buy food or go on vacation? Like, is that a good example of, of how a DAO structure is much different than a, a, a corporation? Yeah, that's a perfect way of saying yeah. it. So uh, in one of the games that we're playing called League of Kingdoms, so it's a strategy mm -hmm. game, kind of similar to a Clash of Clans. There's a free-to-play component where uh, it's basically a mobile strategy game, but there's a land ownership con component. So... Uh, Yield Guild owns 286 parcels of land in an estate that we put in a sub-DAO. And then our players that play the game actively own tokens that kind of correspond to ownership of, of that wallet with the land. And they are the ones that get to decide things like, when are we going to a raid? To the, how are we going to portion the, uh, the yield? Where is it going to? Uh, what are we going to buy with it? Um, so it's it's been a really fascinating kind of exercise in governance. And, you know, there's a lot of loot drama in games like World of Warcraft, for example. Mm -hmm. right? When you go raid, like who gets the loot and all of that. And I guess what governance does is that it allows the DAO to kind of own these assets first, but it also allows governance among the stakeholders to figure out like what the rules are for things like getting the loot. Got it. Okay. That was a really great, thank you for talking through all that. I, I hope the listeners now have a, a better picture of what a DAO is and some of the things it can do. And I think that it will lead us into Strider, 
which is, you know, Andrew, just to start with, why did you decide to build a company around DAOs? You've done a lot of things. I think this is your second, no, third third company, at least, as founder, yep. I believe. You've been an executive at companies. You've had the unfortunate experience of working with me twice. You've been a <laughs> VC partner. So, and and you were recently a vice uh, senior vice president in Stillfront, which is a great organization. So you're at what is probably a pretty cushy job with a lot of resources where you get to do cool stuff. Um, what motivated you to start this company, Strider, and specifically, why are you building it around DAOs? Yeah, uh, so I think, uh, well, number one, uh, I don't know if you can hear, but my alar- the alarm in my building is going off, but they're telling us that it's not a fire, so just they're just going to annoy I mean, us with this alarm, but as long as you can't hear it, I'm fine. I can't That's hear amazing. it, That's yeah. amazing. Okay, first of all, technology, a, a little technology bit. is incredible a little. on all fronts. Um, so, so um, <laughs> they don't want it's them. They don't want the truth yeah, coming it, out. They don't want us learning about DAOs. Uh, this is literally yeah. It's the anti DAO people. Yeah, this is literally the the, the, the games industrial complex. Uh, no, but the the um, the reason why I I, I started Strider um, is really because I think that I don't think I ever really fit in well in large uh, co- corporate structures. Um, in general, like, mm-hmm. I, I think that like, there's a lot of, um, you know, people like to call it politics. I don't think it's actually politics. I think there's just a cultural imperative to, um, fit in right in, in a certain way. Right. And there's certain expectations in the relationships you have with your boss. Like the fact that a boss is this like entity, right. That exists in people's right. lives and in their nightmares and in their dreams and like follows them around <laughs> and they worry about what this one individual thinks about them and you have to create the right. relationship on so many dynamics. It's a lot of extra anxiety and it's a lot of extra like baggage that takes away, in my opinion, from just pure work. And, right. Yeah. And it, and it can impact the quality of decision making. Oh, right? Like if someone that just the idea that, I mean, I think you and I have kind of similar contrarian personalities. Yeah. And so like just the idea that I might be in uh, a presentation or like part of a decision around spending millions of dollars. Yep. Right. And someone presents something and in my head, like, I just want to say, this is stupid yes. bullshit. I mean, this has never happened at network studios, but just hypothetically at some companies it could happen. And the human dynamics might prevent me from being as true to my feelings about whether something's a good investment or not. Whereas if I just had the token, like I don't necessarily have to spend time convincing people or not. I just say with my percent, I say, no, this is not a good use. Of yeah. And, and, and like, I'm not anti-corporate. Like it's just, it's what works for some people like working in big organizations and like working through politics yeah. and, and, or like, or as they say, like building consensus. Right. But like, to right. me, it's like building consensus is, is usually it's like 70% like relational shit and like 30% the actual validity of the work. Right. Whereas in DAOs, right. because there's no actual structure from a, from that like hierarchical perspective, um, you know, it's more about the work. It's like 95% about the work. Right. Or I'd say, actually, right. you know, what's funny. I would because you can always exit if you don't want like the work, yeah, right? Yeah, that's the other <laughs> thing about DAOs is like it's a, it's much more flexibility. Also, it's like yeah. um, the other thing that I think is an amazing currency in DAOs is actually legitimacy and credibility, 
Like literally, and, right. and that's based only on your past contribution and your past work. It's not based on who you know or like how cool you are. Half the time, you don't even know who you're talking to because they're a non right. or they're whatever. I, I I did an interview the other day with a floating piece of sushi, and he was one of the smartest. <laughs> and he was one of the smartest people I've met in a long time. You know, like he was and right. super cool. And like and then so in that conversation where I'm talking to a floating piece of sushi. I don't. You're like you're. Yeah, there's no, there's no way. Andrew, you're literally living in a William Gibson, yeah, yeah. you know, I, cyberpunk I, I novel. The, I thought the said uh, floating piece of sushi today too, and he's fucking smart. Yeah, guys, this is <laughs> this is literally the plot line of one of my favorite books or trilogies. Like we are living in the the bridge but, trilogy but, right now. That's but insane. All I could, but the thing is that like, I couldn't like. There's a there's a there's a in, in any structure that is like communal. There is that those like weird politics, but when you're you're talking to the floating piece of sushi, there's no judgment you can lever except that I like I want to right. work with this person, and I I believe they are going to believe, bring great work, and through work humans do amazing things, and relationships are born in amazing ways, and I and I personally couldn't do that as well in corporations, so yeah. DAOs and this whole structure in Web three got me extraordinarily excited because I felt like. Wow, I finally have a place where I can go be more myself. Right. Got it. So let let me um um give maybe an example from our, our shared past that that I think can show the power of being part of a DAO as opposed to a um venture funded VC um structure, right? Uh, when you were at Tiny Co, you were very helpful to me in getting one of my best consulting gigs. I worked with Tiny Co for like nine months or 12 months. And one of the things I did was they asked me to pitch games. I don't know if you remember being in the room when I just pitched like 20 yep. free to play games in a row. And it was clear that, you know, if Suli, it was his choice. And, and it really felt like I was getting paid uh, for the fun of Suli saying no over and over again. Right. Um, and in a corporation, let's just imagine that you were in that room and you're an employee and you have stock options that are vesting and those are, uh, an incentive, but they're also a burden because if you're like, you know what? I thought idea 14 was brilliant. That was a hundred million dollar a year game. And I can't believe we said no to that. And I'm fed up with X and Y and I have fun idea. I want to go do my own thing. Being part of one of these corporations, there's kind of a sunk costs uh, problem because you don't you don't actually own equity in the company. You own the option to purchase equity. So if you think that um, Tiny Co is going somewhere, which it did, it eventually exited. You might not want to leave because if you leave, you need to fork up the money to buy your option. So like there's a very there's a big dilemma to being a part of the structure and wanting to leave. And, and whereas in a DAO, like let's say you, after proposal 77, uh, you're like, you know what? This DAO isn't going in a direction I believe in. Well, the reason you're part of it is because you own the governance tokens. And so you can say like, oh, I'm just going to spend less of my time on the DAO and go do something else and hold my tokens. That's an option because you own them. Another one is you can say, I'm going to sell my tokens to someone who does want to be part of the DAO. And you don't have the, and you don't have to have been an accredited investor, which means owning more than $2 million outside of the value of your house. You don't have to be that level at that level of wealth to be 
part of it and you don't have this dilemma of do I leave and get rid of all my options or do I buy them? Like options are actually it cause it it's very stressful. I know from talking to a lot of colleagues, right? So is that I mean that was like a is that a good example of how um a DAO can provide a, a, a different sort of relationship to the organization. Yeah, I mean, what's amazing about it is essentially you're rebuilding the incentive structures, right? Because I think mm-hmm. one of the biggest problems with the current incentive structures is that you're locked in, right? Like you have a job, you're mm-hmm. not allowed to do other things. Yeah. If you do other things, you know, like you can't do them flexibly or publicly. Like I'm currently working with YGG and helping with, with um, you know, uh, d- developer relations, right? I'm also the C- co-founder right. and CEO of Strider. YGG is an investor in Strider. We help each other, right? We it's about the work and the network and kind of the, the that 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 uh, relationship through that work together, right? The the walls are 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 not there as much, and I think that is another one amazing part of this is the flexibility, is the fact that you could be in five projects and as long as you're 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 contributing and hitting. Your, your goals, your credibility will be fine and you'll have multiple upside and you can leave with flexibility as well. You could, instead of thinking about, oh, I have to do this till Project 77, you could do Project 1 and leave. Project 4, leave. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. yeah. And, and, and you could consult for a DAO and have one of your pitches created into a project and actually own upside in that project if it does well. Yeah. Um, so... You know, I think that if there are members of the audience who aren't as deep into crypto as the three of us, and if they read the Venture Beat article, which you should all go read about Strider, um, there's a lot of jargon. You might read it and not really understand what Strider is or what they do or why you would want to work with them. So what I wanted to try and do was make it a little more concrete for the audience, right? So let's pretend I'm a game developer. Mm -hmm. I'm making a new game it's an anime style rpg with dating elements called can you believe my boyfriend is first of all i want to play i want to play that is (laughs) (laughs) so so i want the movie option (laughs) rights so here i am i've i've got this new ip and game i want to build can you believe my boyfriend is a werewolf and i've been brainwashed by this asshole ethan on the tokenomics Uh, podcast that web3 is the future and i have to be building it as a blockchain game so um how and why would i get involved with strider on my journey of building can you believe my boyfriend is a werewolf first of all i really do want to work with you uh astrian strider on my boyfriend is a werewolf that's just a separate conversation <laughs> but uh, i really do want to talk to you about that because i think that's an amazing idea but anyway um yeah so so i and to the to the dilemma part my current uh employment contract would preclude me from building can i believe my boyfriend well, is a werewolf shit no i'm kidding i'm kidding you're gonna get me fired um so yeah so so as we've been talking about DAOs, right strider's a DAO yeah. that helps harness the creative power of communities to build new game and entertainment ip and that's that sounds jargony in and of itself but um mm-hmm. i guess the easiest analog to what we're building is a more functional crowdfunding model um, but what we okay. call it is crowd building because as we've discussed, there's work involved that the community does as well as just ownership through, um, buying, right. Or buying in. So, um, you're building your IP with the crowd and not just asking them for money. Cause in current crowdfunding, 
one of the big issues is a you're just asking for money and then providing a more passive participatory experience in the development process um, additionally, mm -hmm. there's a lot of black box opaqueness around the development process. You don't really get a lot of insight into what is actually happening mm -hmm. day to day. Third, a lot of, and, and, and I actually really like Kickstarter and have participated in a lot of Kickstarters and I love the swag I get, but yeah. really like your badging in, in, in this system is a t-shirt or a dinner with the person or a signed right. copy of a thing. It's, it's a tangible that, that is, but th that isn't related to any future value. And again, some people don't care about future right. value also, but, but, but right. what I would say is, is that some of the issues is that you could have, if you elect more participation, more transparency, and the ability to contribute and be there alongside the process. So what Strider is doing is we're creating a, a DAO toolset that organizes work and decision-making on-chain and an interface for that work through the web and Discord mm -hmm. so that contributors feel like they understand the narrative of the work that is taking place in mm -hmm. a project and can and know the touch points for contribution and for um, for also for buying opportunities or for just narrative community as well. And um, okay. the interesting thing about that is that... Um, you know, it's almost like, you know, these communities are almost more like all Web3 communities, in my opinion, are more like D Dungeons and Dragons in a sense, where a lot of the world and the mm -hmm. narrative exists in the conversation between the community and in the assets, the asset drops in the form of NFTs usually that happen or, or other assets that happen on multiple channels. So you've got like the marketplace, social channels, um, and uh, eventually a lot do more move towards some type of game or game client. Um, and it, it's because of the nature of that narrative living very openly and fluidly that people can feel like they're really a part of it and building it and like have a hand in it. Right. Um, and that it can be, can become a hobby in and of itself. And that's a new method of building that we're, we're trying to, right. to make happen. Is, is Strider helping me set up my own DAO for yes. my game or my, yes. okay, got it. So I might say, all right, I've got this game idea. Can you believe my boyfriend is yep. a werewolf? So I'm going to set up a yep. DAO and I'm going to put some money into or some assets into a treasury and I'm going to launch a, a governance token for the game, right? And try and form a, a Discord community yep. around it. And, and then it's as you bring in community members, some of the first questions they're going to ask is how can I help? Right. So let me let me see if this is a good example of something I could do with the DAO that I don't think I could. I guess I could do with a. Um, I think it would be legal with a LLC. It might just be really difficult or undesirable, actually. Um, so one of so one of the first challenges many games face is what does it look like? Yeah. Right. And so if I had my game, I I'm a storyteller, not a. I can't draw right. anything. So I'm like, all right, I know I've got Can You Believe My Boyfriend is a Werewolf. I know it's anime. I'm going to put up a bounty. Yep. And that bounty is one half of 1% of all tokens for this game. That's how yep. important it is. And I am going to write a brief and deliver a mood board and uh, ask people to submit five character yep. designs with a consistent art style. And since I own at this point 
I own 100% of the token. I'm going to pick the art style I want for the game. And whoever is the one who set that art style, they just got one half of 1% of all governance rights over this project. And they never have to do anything yes. again. Like it's, it's up. That's, yeah, that's it's awesome. up to you to decide what that remuneration structure is, right? The flexibility there is another part mm -hmm. that's amazing is you could make it so that everyone that submits get to gets tokens. And that and then mm -hmm. the one that gets canonized, right. they get that up upside share. They, they could be done with the project, and now you have an art style that you can carry forward, which is, as you know, extremely valuable. If it's, if it's extensible, yeah. like, it's extremely valuable to have that. And now you don't have to pay an art director... You might need someone who's a production lead that can actually help you ensure that that style is maintained with outsourcers on an ongoing basis or and other people in the community on an ongoing basis. But you don't need to keep paying that art that that specific art director for that project. They right. they they were remunerated in maybe stables for their work, and then they have all this upside. And if your project hits, it can make them a millionaire, or it could right. you know yeah. So yeah. it's 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 uh it's it's really awesome aligned incentive structures. I think. Got it. Um, formally partner with games in some sort... Oh, no, sorry. This is a different one. So what are kind of the core parts of the Strider platform? Or v, You know, I, I mean, I know you, it was just announced. You're probably just building yep. V1, yeah, yeah. I'm guessing, yeah. of Strider. What are the core uh, products within Strider that help me build my DAO for... Build and manage my DAO for Can You Believe My Boyfriend? Yeah. I, <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Uh, Basically, there's underlying DAO tooling, right? A lot of this DAO tooling is fairly, um, you know, is fairly robust. A lot of it isn't stitched together appropriately so that you can't get the full functionality of everything. There's mm -hmm. a lot of cool platforms also being built right now that are stitching together, trying to create like a central DAO services platform. But still, the customization that's needed to actually make it really awesome and feel awesome to your community takes work. Um, and so what we're doing mm -hmm. is giving tools to make it feel awesome and make the work side of it feel fluid, both on the web and on Discord, and that it feels a bit more narratively rich. Um, and, and that mm -hmm. you can also rely on Strider initially to help with setting that up and um, even resourcing, because we, we are part of a, again, like this is a fluid work network in which community members are constantly coming in and saying, I want to be a part of this. Um, and they find out about right. Strider or they find out about a new project Strider's working on. And they're like, OK, I want to go contribute to that project. Additionally, you know, YGG is an investor in Strider and um, we are able to kind of incubate projects that are a bit earlier in the ecosystem. And YGG has a really wide network, as you know, an incredible community that they can help in terms of like carrying that forward once that project gets to a maturity level in which it makes sense to invest in those assets and bring it to a larger community globally. Um, so it's a really interesting kind of upstream downstream uh, that we provide together also. Yeah. Got it. So, I mean, I think a good example of how DAOs and being part of the Strider community could be valuable for um, creators, you know, uh, music and sound effects is something every game needs and very few have full-time yep. on staff. And some people work with, you know, like Wilmer Sound or, or Somatone, like have studios on hand. Love Somatone. Um, I know that I... was I, saying I love Somatone. What? Yeah, great, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I know that I um, get 
LinkedIn messages all the time. Like, hey, I'm a composer. How can I write for your thing? And let's be honest, straight to <laughs> spam, right? I, I don't, I don't yeah. follow up on those. Um, if someone was a sound effects designer and part of they were in the Strider Dow Discord, there might be a whole channel where it's like, it's almost mechanical Turk-like is kind of what I'm picturing in my head. Somebody might say, um, you know, YGG might say, hey, we're making this webtoon. We need five sound effects. We need Gabby's Gabby getting punched in the face with uh, a watermelon. We need, you know, an anvil dropping. We need these five sound effects. You can get one YGG token for each one. And there might be a whole room of people that submit theirs for that. Yeah, the cool right? thing, though, it's amazing how many people just show up wanting to work in a DAO. Yeah. Like, you can broadcast to the world what DAO is about. So for us, it's about getting people together to play and enjoy these different kinds of NFT-based later earned games. And mm -hmm. we've actually hired a bunch of people in the core team who were just in part of the community enjoying mm -hmm. games like Axie. And we said, we, we need a network engineer. And one anonymous guy says, oh, I'm actually a network engineer in real life. Or a guy mm -hmm. says, I, I really, really want to moderate the Discord because it's getting unruly. And we're like, hey, yeah. have the job, have some tokens. It's, it's just amazing how people actually want to create and contribute and you just gotta give them the opportunity to do so. And I think that is, is really important uh, part of it as well is that unlike Mechanical Turk or Fiverr or those things where it really is purely transactional, where you literally get in touch through a like email interface and mm -hmm. they and you send over specs and they deliver, they don't get right. the culture or the feeling of the project. They don't get the people around right. them and they don't get to like experience kind of like that create creativity and fun of being part of a community. Whereas at this, it's like they can actually feel it and talk to it and be a part of it flexibly and if actually they don't want to talk to anyone and just want to submit and want more of a mechanical turk like experience they can do that they could just like not talk to anyone and right. submit right so, but it, if, it, if the work's yeah, good exactly. enough right so it's they can be a floating piece of sushi that nobody ever sees or talks to and they're like here is my concept art Please I, yeah, I think there's <laughs> yeah. going to be a lot of floating pieces of sushi in the future that are working for right. multiple projects and kicking ass and just yeah. creating a portfolio of of tokens and NFTs that yeah. they own through contributing to all of these projects. And they may they're going to make way more money than if they worked at a corporation for 10 years, getting a paycheck and having some options. Got it. So let's uh, let's pretend um, I've been I've used Strider to set up and run mm -hmm. the DAO for Can You Believe My Boyfriend is a Werewolf. I'm about to do my first NFT drop. I've got my community. Um, Gabby, for people who, I, and I know I said this will be its own podcast in the future, but like for people who don't know, why would I want to attract uh, YGG and its guild members and scholars to a project like mine? Okay, so... One of the things that YGG does is that early in a project, we we buy the assets of the game. So, for example, we can buy the NFTs and assets of a game that is still under development. But we're not just kind of sitting on those assets. We actually help the, the game developer think through like the gameplay, tokenomics, 
And when the game launches, you have a built-in community of people who are excited about your game from day one. So we, mm -hmm. we bring in our player community who are excited to play the game. We lend them the assets. Some of the community members may buy their own NFTs. We give them to the YDG streamers who then like uh, go stream about the game. If it's an esports ready game, then we may have a competitive team ready for it. And this is all done within mm -hmm. the context of the guild community who is really excited about playing these NFT based play to earn games. Got it. So is this, so is this a, a kind of realistic use case? Like I might come to you and say, um, I've done the budget and I need, I need to raise $3 million in fiat currency to develop this game for the next 12 months. Uh, I'm going to do a minting and I want to sell for easy math. I'm willing to sell 33% of them to you. Here are what my sexy dateable werewolf boyfriends look like. Here's my game design document, my tokenomics. Would you like to bulk buy one third of the mint? And then it sounds like you might say, interested but we suggest that you make change x and y to your game design because that's what our guilt we think it'll make it better for streaming or we think it'll make it better for scholars or we think this will be more sustainable that you have kind of a, a partnership in in that sort of relationship is this the type of thing that happens yeah for for me um a guild investment relationship is better than a typical like developer publisher relationship for example because in a typical developer publisher relationship basically the publisher holds the purse strings and you have the producer the publisher side basically hold like life and death over that mm -hmm. project whereas in this model we are opting in to buy assets in this game because we believe in it. We are going to help you with how we think it'll make it better for our users. But at the end of the day, it's your project and we're we're incentivized for it to succeed at the same time or it won't, right? So having kind of an, uh, an investment model where the players actually own part of the economy means that we're both incentivized to make it work. Got it. So, Andrew, is Strider a DAO itself? Uh, yeah, or? so, I mean, currently we are a, um, a C-Corp uh, in, um, you know, in mm -hmm. America, but from a, a, you know, our current, like, perspective on how we're building is we are creating the structure for a DAO. We are, the thing that, that, that people also need to know when they start these, these um, organizations is that the design of how you're going to do it so that it has it functions appropriately and has the right incentive structures for everyone. You need to just do that uh, a bit intelligently. And we want to get going in a way where, uh, you know, there's this core team right now, but very quickly we'll set up the DAO and we will become a service organization to the DAO as opposed to being the organization itself. Right. And then once that, that DAO is up, right. that's running the central platform, which should be very soon. And the platform itself that platform will be will have a traditional DAO governance. So it's it's we're we're basically the service organization creating that right now, um, and the underlying tool sets. Awesome. Yeah. And so if someone wants to join the Strider community and and help out, um, are they able to right now? Is that forthcoming? What sort of community 
assistants and community members That's are a great you looking question. for? So it's amazing, actually. Like a lot of people have reached out um, in a variety of ways: Twitter, uh, Discord, email, like uh, you know, every different uh, way. Um, and we and I'd say that there's a, a bunch of different types of people reaching out. There are people that have projects like um, my my what is it? My boyfriend. Uh, can you believe my boyfriend Which is a project is a that we're going to work on together, yes. Ethan, or I'm at least going to buy it from you. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, but there are people coming to us that, that, that have their own werewolf boyfriend game and, uh, and, or, or they, or they're just, or they're an existing web three community that is like, we want to mm. produce something, but, and want to leverage our community and treasury, but don't necessarily have the chops in gaming or, or there's a, right. a brand or a, or a, or a, a vision holder in, that that works in entertainment and they're like i want to build one of these worlds how do i get started in it right they're reaching out and mm-hmm. we're starting to structure their projects for them and resource those projects and then in our discord there are people that are hitting me up and dming me every day and they're like hey like there was a, a venture capitalist that works in healthcare venture capital the other day hit me up he's super right. young and he's just like yo i need to work in this industry and i always get in too late he's like Give me work. And literally had a call <laughs> and I gave him a project and that's it. And it's just mm. like, it's that, it's that simple. Like yeah. get in, literally get in touch. That is it. And we will do our best Got as it. we build to create structures so that getting in touch and making work is as easy as possible. That is our goal. Yeah. Got it. So I know I'm going to join the Strider discord after it's a little this. bit. It's a little, and then immediately mute all light at the moment, but yeah, but it, it, we're still having fun. <laughs> uh, yeah. Got it. Um, what in in success? What does Strider look like five years from uh, now? I mean, our our dream would be that we have created value for tons of IP creators and contributors, and that there's oh, the the process is fairly automated for people to start their own projects, get their own projects discovered by contributors and workers. That they can set up teams much more flexibly, and everyone is remunerated with the right incentive structures, and no one ever has to talk to us except for support or or things like that like that basically we've given everyone the tools to like own their own destinies and it's created a lot of value for everyone else and like the lion's share of the value has gone to the contributors and the vision holders and we don't own any of the ip except for the platform itself yeah this is this is everything i've ever wanted to not have to talk to andrew in any way shape or form but leverage all of his goodness and i knew that i knew that (laughs) That, that in general, that that's how people felt about me, and I've, I've built a whole company around it. I built a whole DAO around it. <laughs> um, all right, one one fun question before we uh, wrap up with the new hotness segment. Uh, one of the most interesting things to me, because I'm such a fan of adult animation, is that one of the Strider core team members is a casting director who's worked on some of my favorite shows that have ever existed, including uh, BoJack Horseman. The best. So, so it is. Is uh, Will Arnett going to become a Strider uh, Dow mean, member? I mean, we we could definitely reach out to Will Arnett. You know what I mean? Like that's the. Can Will Arnett be my sexy boy werewolf Honestly, boyfriend? Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, I I'm, I can't speak for Will Arnett, but like if you wanted him to be your sexy <laughs> werewolf boyfriend, like we could help you get. That's yeah, we, all I want. We could help you get in touch with him. Um, and like, and then maybe if he wants to be, then you have a remuneration structure that's really flexible. Um, and, and, you know, we are, and we're trying to, to work out ways of working with some of the off chain legality as well. But yes, uh, Linda's amazing. And yeah, we are, we're, 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 we're excited to work with a lot of folks 
in in entertainment and uh, bring them into this this wacky new world or help them come into this wacky new world as well. Awesome. All right. Well, this has been a delight. What an amazing set of guests for our first ever uh, interview episode of the Tokenomics podcast. Uh, to close it out, let's talk about new hotness. Uh, Andrew and Gabby, are there any? Is there a new NFT? A new Discord you've joined? A new project you've heard about? A new token you've acquired? What's kind of the new crypto hotness for you in the past couple weeks? So I'm into uh, this uh, anime uh, NFT project called Azuki. The the one created the artwork was uh, I think an art director for Overwatch and. Yeah, it's just a really amazing community and NFT project that uh, I'm, I'm happy to be part of. Yeah, Zuki's super cool, um, and I'm a big fan of uh, Crypto Covens, um, as well as um, uh, Forgotten Runes, which is a really awesome uh, community in which you're kind of all writing the lore for the characters within this uh, kind of wizarding world. And they actually did a deal with um, an amazing animation studio in Hollywood called Titmouse to do... Yeah, I love Titmouse. They've done again some of my favorite shows. Yeah, and it's super cool that like again, like just talking about that model of building a community around IP and collaboration, and all of a sudden now there's there's at least development of an animated uh, film around this this you know IP built with NFTs uh, from the ground up, and that passion of that community, which is just really amazing. Yeah, I was just making sure I wasn't getting my animation studios wrong, uh, which uh, Metalocalypse is one of the Titmouse uh, projects I mean, that I just love. Metalocalypse is I, incredible. I, it's one of the best shows. Um, my new hotness for the week is I have a list of tokens I've been meaning to acquire, and one of them is the Yield Guild token. So right before this episode, I used it as an uh, uh, opportunity to swap some of my ETH and now I'm a part, I've got a little bit of governance over Yield Guild, so maybe I need to go get more active in the Discord. Nice. Now you are part owner of uh, everything that I am doing for my work in, in the foreseeable future. <laughs> awesome. Guys, thanks so much. This has been incredible. Thank you uh, in the audience. GN, hope you enjoyed the thanks, podcast. Yeah. Thanks for having us, Ethan. Uh-huh.